Hello. Welcome to Masterclass Week. If you are listening on No More Mr. Night Sky, the podcast, welcome. This is the first of not one, not two, not three, not four, but five masterclasses that I am leading every single day this week. Why? Because I want to. And I have a lot of things that are feeling exciting and fun. And I am just revved up to share with you a lot of subject matter that has been coming up in coaching sessions lately. And I feel like it would be extremely important for everybody to know. So today we are going to talk about loving endings. Hello and welcome to Masterclass Week. If you are listening on No More Mr. Nice Guy, the podcast, welcome. Every day this week, we are going to have a different masterclass coming out. I'm leading them live on Zoom at noon central time. If you would like to join live on Zoom, you are more than welcome. All of these workshops are free and you can DM me on Instagram to get the Zoom link. It is at Kath Brooks, K-A-T-H-B-R-O-O-K-S. That link is also in the show notes. So if you would like to join one of these live every day, this week, the week of February 5th, is going to be a workshop on a different subject. So welcome to Masterclass Week. And we are kicking off strong with loving endings today. Why loving endings and why do I find this important? Well, I coach men who are experiencing nice guy syndrome a lot, a lot. And men who have nice guy tendencies have a really hard time ending things. Why is that? Oftentimes endings, particularly with other people, can stir up big emotions. And nice guys often believe that if it's going to make another person upset, I might as well not do it, even if making the ending is the right thing for them. So I notice with a lot of my clients, they're in different dynamics, whether it's professional dynamic, a romantic relationship, a dynamic with a job, a dynamic with a family member that is long past its expiration date. I notice this with my nice guys very often. And they are in these dynamics. They're staying stuck in these dynamics out of people pleasing. And every day that they remain in any type of dynamic that is past its expiration point, it is like chipping away at self-trust and chipping away at confidence. Because every day that you are not showing up for yourself truthfully, each one of those days is not benign. It's like every one of those days further removes your ability, excuse me, further removes the confidence in taking the right next step when it's time. So the reason why loving endings are important is So the reason why loving endings are important to me is because in the last few years, I have had two important friendships in my life end. 
One of them, before I knew about loving endings, ended in burning flames. And it went down really harshly. It was really challenging. There was a lot of heartbreak and it was collateral damage. It took down other friendships in the process. A few years later, once I really understood the importance of loving endings, I had a friendship end in a most respectful, most clear, most communicative way. And the juxtaposition of these two makes me realize how knowing the keys to making a loving ending can be the difference maker in how you feel afterward. Is this something that you're incessantly thinking about running over all the different things that you may or may not have done wrong, or does it feel clean and tidy and like you are ready for the new beginning that can emerge now? So here's what we're going to cover today. We're going to talk about the five keys of loving endings. And I really want to talk to you about why endings are important and actually necessary for our growth. So here's why loving endings are important for nice guys in particular. Nice guy syndrome, if you're not familiar, is the worldview that goes like this. If I'm nice and agreeable, then I deserve love, belonging, and to have my needs met without having to ask. So nice guys have agreeability as their currency. That can be at odds with ending something, whether it's ending a job, ending a collaboration, ending a temporary work project that you're on, ending any type of relationship, even ending a specific dynamic in a relationship. It can be really hard for nice guys to take this brave step because they are hooked into external validation. So meaning if making the ending potentially risks their social standing because maybe it'll make somebody else upset, maybe they think that it'll make someone else think less of them, maybe they think it will jeopardize someone else in some way, shape, or form, all of those things register to the nice guy as possible risk to social standing. And that's where he freezes up. And so oftentimes when I'm coaching a guy who is really deep in nice guy syndrome, he has at least one and likely more than one dynamic in his life that is far past its expiration date that he is just holding on to for dear life because he's afraid of the other person's reaction if he were to let it go. And I want to start with this part of why endings are even important. I love and recommend this book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Necessary Endings. And I want to read you a couple of quotes that'll help illustrate why I'm even talking about endings in the first place. So the first quote is this, getting to the next level always requires ending something, leaving it behind and moving on. Growth itself demands that we move on. Without the ability to end things, people stay stuck, never becoming who they are meant to be, never accomplishing all that their talents and abilities should afford them. Dr. Henry Cloud talks about endings like 
pruning a fruit tree. And if you don't prune a fruit tree, all of the little buds of fruit are vying for the same life force. And so what happens is none of them actually fully ripen. The whole tree will be filled with fruits that have ripened 50%. But if you prune the tree, then there's enough life force for every single bud and the fruit can fully ripen. Our lives are the same. We can't hold on to expired dynamics and still believe that we can grow and step into our greatest potential. Pruning is actually a required step to welcome in the new beginnings that usher us into our next level. If you are here, you are likely in some way, shape or form interested in growth. And to know this truth, that endings are a prereq for growth can help you. One of the big takeaways from this book, Necessary Endings, that I really liked is the author shows how some folks believe endings are bad and a sign that they've failed. And other folks believe endings are simply a necessary part of their lives. And those who think that they are a failure are the ones who hold on way longer than the dynamic is serving any party involved. But people who have endings framed in the context of, well, of course, of course things in life end and I move on, those people grow at a much faster rate. So I just want you to take this opportunity to think about what is your association with an ending? Do you feel shame around it? Do you feel like it's a failure? Or can you reframe it to say, oh, an ending is actually an opportunity for something new and something that's a better fit to emerge in my life. Here's one other quote that I wanna read you. Your business and your life will change when you really, really get it that some people are not gonna change no matter what you do, and that still others have a vested interest in being destructive. Once you accept that, some very necessary endings get much easier to do. But until then, you might find yourself laboring much longer than you should, still trying to get someone to change, thinking that one more coaching session will do the trick, or one more bit of encouragement, or one more session of feedback or confrontation, or worse, one more concession. So before we dive into the five keys, take a moment and think about where in your life are you thinking, oh, I'll just make one more concession for this person or this job or this thing when really you know in your heart it's over and it's over for you and that your truth is that this is done. Okay, here are the five keys to loving endings. And let me simply share why I call them loving endings. Here's what I mean. When you're standing in your truth, you're honoring that something in your life is done. When you're staying in it, that's actually dishonest to all parties involved. Making a loving ending is a win-win-win. You stand in your truth 
the other person benefits because they are not in a dynamic with someone who is being dishonest about it. And overall, by making the ending, you're making space in your world and in the world of the other party involved for something new and better to come through. When you take a step that's true for you and it requires making an ending, you are actually taking the most loving step, even if big emotions come with it. Nice guys fear stirring up big emotions in other people because it makes them feel unsafe. It makes them feel like that other person might reject them. It makes them feel like their source of validation could go away. So there's a lack of safety there. And yet you are more than capable of making a loving ending and doing the right thing for all parties involved. So the first question I want to pose, if you're on the fence about should I, shouldn't I make the ending is how could this be a win, 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 a win for you, a win for the other parties involved and a win for the greater good. When there is a win, 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 it's easier and more loving to make the ending. And it can also be the opportunity to take the big courageous step because you can see that there's positive ripple effects far beyond your preference and your preference alone. So I want to start with that. Ask yourself, what could be the win-win-win of me making this loving ending. All right, let's dive into the five keys. Here are the five keys to loving endings. The very first is leap of faith. There is no loving ending without a leap of faith. If you are sitting there trying to concoct the absolute perfect set of circumstances that will emerge after you do this and trying to control how every single person is going to respond, you may be forgetting that inherent in making an ending is uncertainty. Uncertainty is totally normal. So if you're feeling uncertainty, that doesn't mean it needs to be a stop sign. Uncertainty is a completely natural part of this process. Taking a leap of faith requires courage. And I wanna encourage you to be bold to take this next step in your life, to be bold to make space for a new beginning, to be bold to honor what's true for you. Courage is required here. And this loving ending may require more courage than you've ever mustered up, yet you have that courage inside of you. You already do. Whenever we take a leap of faith and we build up our courage to do so, what we can forget is that afterward, we will have more courage than we started. I notice this so often when I'm coaching people. They forget that in any leap of faith, 
when we are moving through uncertainty, there is a huge positive outcome. And that is, it is like climbing a rung on the courage ladder. You gain so much more simply by taking the action. So the very first key is, this is a leap of faith. There's no other way around it. There's no way to predict every single thing that's going to happen. You can do your best. You can do your best to be loving to yourself and any other parties involved throughout the process. Yet the leap of faith part is required. Okay, number two, there is no such thing as the perfect time. sitting around and waiting for the perfect time when you will cause the least upset in others is a losing game. You can't know that for sure. You can't know exactly how somebody else will react. Waiting for what you think might be the perfect time actually drags out what's not helping everybody involved. And that is staying in something past its expiration date. Waiting for the perfect time can be a massive compromise to yourself and further chip away at your self-trust. So remember, there is no such thing as the perfect time. Don't fool yourself in trying to believe that if I just find the perfect moment to do this, then it'll all work out. Is that true? There is no such thing as the perfect time. All right. The third key is clear is kind. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I'm writing these on the whiteboard as we go. Clear is kind. Be crystal clear. The tip I like to give here is use language when you are actually making the ending that would make total sense to a 10-year-old. I am resigning from this role. I will no longer be contributing to this project. This relationship is over. What I notice with nice guys is they often leave a lot of loose ends. So the relationship is over, but you can still live here and we can still share the dog and I'll still pay for this, this, and this, and, 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 and. And they leave all sorts of energetic ties to the dynamic that they know in their hearts is over and done. And they are doing that because it can feel painful to fully make the ending. And this goes back to number one. It's a leap of faith that requires courage. This is another opportunity to drum up that courage and be as crystal clear as you can. There are kind of two ways to make a loving ending, messy or clean. Messy is like what I was just describing. It's leaving a bunch of energetic ties. Energetic ties that you actually don't want to be there, but you are using to people please 
another person. Messy is when the boundaries aren't clear and you're feeling compromised. You know, if you are having resentment come up, that that is a giant flashing indicator that you haven't been fully clear and that it's a messy ending. So notice that. A clean ending and a clean break is when you've clearly stated your boundaries, you are honoring them, and you are taking the necessary actions to be true to yourself. And you've dropped the people-pleasing. Yes, that can take so much bravery. If people-pleasing has been habitual for you for a long time, but I believe in you. On the other side of people-pleasing, on the other side of managing somebody else's emotions and making your decisions based on how somebody else is going to feel, on the other side of that is so much freedom. Is so much freedom to show up as your authentic self. Is so much freedom to actually love another party, another person, whatever it is, to love a job. Because you're coming from a clean, unattached place where you're not needing anything from them. So I am rooting for you to make loving endings that are clean. That's actually a gift that you can give to the other people involved. Okay, the fourth. You can only control your side of the street. That means that means you showing up in your integrity, which means your words, your values, and your actions align, you showing up to make a loving ending in a way that is clear, courageous, respectful of all parties involved, yourself included, that's a loving ending. And that's owning that you can only control you. Something that I noticed nice guys get stalled on is fixating on how they can put together the perfect words to control someone else's emotional experience. And this will drag out the process of an ending long, long, long past its expiration date. If you really take it to heart, you can only control your side of the street. And that means you can come from respect and kindness and clarity and somebody else's reaction has nothing to do with you, you are gonna be in a much stronger starting position for making a loving ending. And at this point, I also wanna share, if somebody else's reaction surprises you or somebody else has a really big reaction, that doesn't have anything to do with you. That has everything to do with what's going on inside of them. And we all need that reminder sometimes. So you can only control your side of the street. So make sure your side of the street is clean and tidy. And here's the fifth. Mixed emotions are okay. It is likely that mixed emotions are gonna come up for you. 
you might feel some grief making a loving ending. You might feel ecstatic and the next day sad. You might feel really afraid yet still know it's the right thing to do. Normalize having a mixed bag of emotions here. When we aren't expecting to have mixed emotions, that's when they can stop us up because we might think, well, if I'm sad, that means I should stay. And if you know in your heart of hearts that this dynamic needs to end and it is past its expiration, trust that. And don't let the fact that you have mixed emotions prevent you from making the bold move that's gonna set you up for your next level. Mixed emotions are 100% natural and 100% okay. And as I'm talking about this, I also just wanna remind you that somebody else's big emotions and somebody else's mixed emotions don't mean you're doing the wrong thing. It's okay for other people to have big emotions. That doesn't mean that it needs to stop you from making the ending that you know is right. So your mixed emotions, someone else's mixed emotions, that's all okay. So those are the five keys to loving endings. You know if there is something or someone in your life that is no longer a true and authentic fit. You know this. We have internal indicators that tell us these things and you can trust those in yourself. And I wanna just let you know and remind you that the courage to take the leap and the significant next step to make a loving ending will create the space for something new and better to emerge. But that space can't exist until you take this next step. I am rooting for you. You've got this. This really, truly might be challenging, but it doesn't mean that it's not worth your time. It doesn't mean that you should stop or choose the easy way out. This is one of those moments where the hard thing and the right thing are the same. You've got this, I'm rooting for you. You are more than welcome to let me know how your loving endings go or to ask me any questions. Just send me a DM on Instagram, at Kath Brooks. The link is in the show notes. I would love to hear from you. You've got this.